Hello and greetings from Holland. Welcome to my podcast, which has a focus on parenting children with Down syndrome. I'm so incredibly glad and excited you're here. I'm Shauna Graham, and my daughter Bailey is the inspiration behind this podcast. She's currently 11 years old and in the fifth grade. My hope is to share resources and hope for other parents and caregivers. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to our fourth episode of Greetings from Holland, Parenting a Child with Down Syndrome. I am so glad you're here. This has been so fun over the last three episodes, soon to be four. Um, And so I realize there's lots of places that you could be listening to podcasts, so please know how much I appreciate that you're here. And interesting stat, um, I'm able to track where the listeners are listening from geographically, and we now have over 10 countries, which is just surreal to think about if you let your mind go there, that internationally people are listening to podcasts. So as I get to a point in this podcast later talking about advocacy, I just wanted to point that out, and I'm sure that I will come back to that. But The topic for this podcast is World Down Syndrome Day. So uh, for those of you that don't know, World Down Syndrome Day happens each year on March 21st. And so the reason it's on March 21st is because the definition of Down syndrome is having three copies of the 21st chromosome. Individuals who do not have genetic abnormalities have 46 chromosomes, and there's two copies of each. Those individuals with Down syndrome have 47 chromosomes, so they have two copies of each chromosome, except you know during conception, you all of a sudden get a third copy of the 21st chromosome. So um, Down syndrome is actually a fluke at conception. So I like to think of it as something um, from above because I feel very thankful that Bailey's in our life, but it's real. it really just happens at conception. And ironically, if you remember back to episode one, identical twins are the same, same type of thing. So it's just a fluke that happens after the egg is fertilized and it splits. And I also have identical twins. So I've always joked with my gynecologist, um, my eggs don't know what to do once they get fertilized. So that's probably more than you wanted to know, but just kind of wanted to give a brief, brief explanation of why March 21st is World Down Syndrome Day. And just, I kind of was doing some research for the start of this as to when it started. And so the idea of World Down Syndrome Day began in Singapore, actually, in 2006. So they wanted um, people with Down syndrome to be celebrated. And then soon after that, um, there was actually another renowned scientist and Down syndrome researcher who formally proposed that it would be a worldwide day. Um, And so his name, I'm never going to say it right, Stylianos Anton Akaris. Oh, I wish I could pronounce that better, but that's where we are. So now there's events all over um, the world and all over the United States on March 21st. Um, and it's just a super fun day. So it doesn't, it's really not that old. It's its 15th birthday this year, but it's just super fun. So October is Down Syndrome Awareness Month. And so there's a lot of different events that go on um, during October, but March 21st is really kind of a fun day of celebration as well. And so What I want to give you today are just some different ideas of things that you can do to celebrate World Down Syndrome Day in your community. So I have nine total ideas. I know that there's probably more. Um, So definitely feel free to share those um, either on my page, which is Grand Party of Seven, or just within your communities, the people that you um, interact with every day. So number one, and probably the most popular is wearing mismatched socks. And so the reason for wearing mismatched socks is a couple of things, actually. So, you know, depending on the website where you look, it all kind of has the same purpose, but socks look like chromosomes. And so the idea of um, wearing socks kind of goes along with that chromosomal theme. 
Also, mismatched socks teach kids to stand out by breaking the mold and thus embracing our differences, which is also, you know, with Down syndrome, there's kind of, you know, people want to embrace differences, but then there's also taglines we're more alike than different. So whichever way you want to go with that is fine. And yet a third reason why people would wear socks is when it was started, it was just an initiative that was formed to get people talking and asking questions. And so if you're wearing brightly colored mismatched socks, people are going to ask you why you're doing that. Um, And so it really gives you an opportunity to talk about Down syndrome. So it's just a fun event. March 21st this year is on a Sunday. And so historically um, at Bailey School, they've you know, the teachers and some of her friends have worn those. So we'll probably create an event um, on Facebook, just asking people to take a picture and share. And again, I think it's just a great way for people to help um, start the conversation and just talking about Down syndrome in general. Okay, moving right on to number two. And this one is really just kind of simple, just random acts of kindness. Um, It is definitely a great day to do that, whether it's paying it forward in the drive-thru, whether it's offering to help a friend or a family member, just various things you can do. And some people are very private about that, and that's awesome. If you do a random act of kindness and you want to leave a little note saying, you know, in honor or um, in celebration of World Down Syndrome Day, that's also a nice option. Again, just to get people talking and just getting people to have the conversation. The third thing that you can do, just another idea, is bringing treats to your child's class. And so these are always a win. <laughs> if you want to go inside the classroom, giving you know some sort of cookie or cupcake or colored Rice Krispies. Um, this year, we have a local cookie shop that's not too far from where we live. And so we're going to get yellow and blue decorated cookies uh, because yellow and blue are the colors of Down syndrome. And so we're going to get cookies and deliver them to the preschool in town, um, the elementary school, the middle school, and the high school. So I currently have kids in the preschool, elementary, and middle school, not quite yet in high school, but I just think it's a fun time to spread awareness. And so there's going to be cookies. People are going to ask, why are there cookies? And so then again, you can just have that opportunity to talk about Down syndrome. Not that you need food to do that, but I think it's just a fun way to celebrate that it's World Down Syndrome Day. Number four, which this has been a suggestion other places, and I wish I would have done it when Bailey was younger, um, is reading a book to your elementary class or to a preschool class. And so the books are about Down syndrome. And so some of the best advice that I received um, about how to talk about Down syndrome with um, young children came from a physician that's from Boston. And someone said, how soon should I do that? How soon should I tell, you know, the siblings that this, that my child has Down syndrome? And so he said, and it's actually kept with me for a lot of other parenting situations as well. But he said, if you don't make the narrative and you don't give them the background and the information, somebody else is going to, and are they going to do the job that you're going to do? Are they going to do as good a job? Are they going to leave things out? Is it going to have a negative undertone? And so I just, I really took that to heart. And I heard that. I'm trying to think when that conference was. It was back when Bailey was four or five and she's now 11. You know, that's how profound it was. And so anytime I think, whether it's Down syndrome related or not, anytime I think about having a conversation with my kids that's uncomfortable or um, is this the right time? Like they're going to hear about it from someone else. And so I think, nope, I want to be able to frame it for them. And so that's kind of the purpose of taking books either to a daycare or to an elementary school or even to a library. Now we have an amazing, amazing library in our town. And so if there were books that I wanted them to carry, I'm sure we could talk our way through that. I've not actually done that yet. 
But I do think um, different books um, do a really great job of explaining. And so I'm just going to share a few. Um, I was doing some research online and there's actually um, the website that I'm getting this from is it's called Unpacking Disability with Mariah Nichols. And so it's just MariahNichols.com and it's M-E-R-I-A-H. Nichols, N-I-C-H-O-L-S.com. And so on here, she has nine great children's books about Down syndrome. And then there's a little summary about each. And kind of, again, the explanation is just stories are a wonderful way, like she says on her website, to explain Down syndrome to a child. And so just going through a few of those, if you're not wanting to go to that website, um, the first one is what's inside of you is inside me too. My chromosomes make me unique. And so it just talks about how chromosomes, um, what role they play in development and how they can help. And again, there's a lot of um, pretty pictures. One is my friend has Down syndrome and it's, you know, written in the Let's Talk About It books, but it encouraged preschool age and early age children to explore their feelings because they have feelings. And the one thing that I found with kids in general is they ask questions from a good place. So when I've had people ask questions about Bailey, um, you know, why does she, why does she eat like that? Or why does she behave like that? Or why does she do that with her? Like nobody's coming from a bad place. You know, if someone doesn't know how to appropriately ask the question, like that is a time to educate them. And I think people asking questions means that they want to have a deeper level of understanding. So it's just a matter of kind of putting that all together when you're put on the spot. And if somebody says something offensive and it's going to happen, right? Like whether it's your child with Down syndrome or whether it's something else, like take the opportunity to let them know how it feels. Not that we have to say, I feel like that was really rude, but when you ask that question, this is how it makes me feel. Or if we get started on the topic of the word retarded, I, that word just causes me like my, the hair to stand on my neck. When people say that, um, in my presence, I, I do try to correct them because, you know, there's times that it's not, you, you can't do that if you're in a big group setting and you're not wanting to make them feel uncomfortable, but pulling them over aside after is a, is a great time to do that. Sorry. I kind of got off track there. <laughs> Some of the other books, my friend has down syndrome. And so, um, it just talks about how, you know, they do normal things together. Um, we paint the octopus red is another one down on the farm. Um, you're all kinds of wonderful is another book. And then lastly, my friend Isabella. So there's tons of different books. Um, you can get them on Amazon. You can check them out at your local library, but being able to take, um, and read a book to the elementary school class is a great way, um, is, is a great way to get the conversation going. And if you're going into your child's classroom, like what a great opportunity to bring them up to the front with you. They kind of feel like they're the star of the day. And and just a fun experience for them to highlight for their class. And I've had such great luck with teachers. And so if you're thinking of going into your child's or your niece or your nephew's or whomever, um, give that teacher a call and see if there's something that you can do. Uh, number five could be kind of off that book idea. If you're taking a book in to read, look at maybe donating that to either the classroom or the daycare room or the library itself. And other times there's, you know, if you have the resources to make a, a monetary donation, uh, you, you know, you could do that too. So they could purchase multiple books um, and share it across the school. Moving right along to number six is sibling presentations. And this is something that we've talked about doing in the past and we just haven't done yet, but I love the idea behind it. And it's having the siblings. So in Bailey's case, she's a fifth grader. She has a fourth grade sister and she has a second grade sister. So having her sisters do a little presentation to their class and maybe Bailey accompanies them and maybe she doesn't. But just talking about what Down syndrome is, 
when it happens, why it happens. Um, and just talking about the different characteristics that make Bailey Bailey and make kids with Down syndrome unique. Again, I think when it's coming from a kid perspective, it's just kids are more engaged and willing to listen. And it's just, again, celebrating differences and being able to share in a non, um, non-judgy, if that's the right term, non-judgy environment. So any time they get the chance to share, I think is just a great, a great thing because they will continue to advocate for their sibling or for their friend or for their cousin for a lifetime. So why not start that in elementary school? Moving on to number seven would be participate in a local event or even host a local event. And so there have been a lot of different um, events that we've been invited to over the course of Bailey's life. You know, some have been with a bounce house, some have been with balls, you know, you're just playing and having a pizza party. Others have been at a restaurant. Um, one this year is going to be like a drive through parade. So just anything fun that you can do to celebrate that individual, I think is helpful. And I do think that sometimes it is overwhelming to plan an event if you're a parent But there's different things you could do, whether it's renting out a gym or just having people stop by to pick up cookies or going to where there's a crowd and handing stuff out. Just different ways, again, to help raise awareness and help build the conversation. Now, number eight seems pretty straightforward, but I still think that it's worth sharing. Um, Eight would be share on social media. And so I think I've said this in a prior podcast, but it feels like sometimes in 2020 and 2021, that all we hear is the negative about social media, just how divisive things are and how people say rude things and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it just goes on and on. But there are so many positive things that happen on social media if you share. And I realize that there's some private people. Um, I joke, I overshare my entire life. So I mean, I post on Facebook and Instagram multiple times a day, probably to the annoyance of some people, but I actually don't care. Like I, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy being able to tell our story, which is a family of seven, um, a family with twins, a family of, you know, Bailey who has Down syndrome. My mom lives with us. So there's a lot of things that I feel like make us unique and make things funny. And so I like to share those. And I think if you allow people to have a little bit of an insight into your life, they become more understanding. We're always more understanding with things that we know about. So I'm th- that's true for work. Think about the people that you work the best with in a work environment. You know about them. You know their family. You know their struggles. You know their triumphs. And so I think being able to share with people, you let them in. You kind of give them that insight. And we have had amazing luck. People are so good to Bailey. And they're so good to our entire family, not just Bailey. But it's because we share. And so in whatever capacity you feel comfortable sharing, I would definitely encourage you to do that on social media. Okay, we've made it all the way to number nine. (laughs) Um, And so the last one, but probably the longest to talk through is just thinking about ways that you can advocate. And so I think advocate seems like a really scary word at times, and it seems a little bit overwhelming. And like, it's this big thing that you have to accomplish. And so my goal of this is to kind of break it down a little bit for you. And so I wanted to start with the definition because I feel like that's a super, (laughs) super logical way to start. But advocacy is just trying to get public support um, for a particular cause or policy. And so when you think about it like that, it's just, again, going back to like raising awareness. And so it reminded me of a presentation that I was at. It was actually a luncheon for the United Way in which I'm a board member of. But we heard a song by Matthew West. um, And lyrics stick with me. It's really weird. Lyrics of songs or phrases from TV shows always come up and then I reference them and people haven't seen or heard them. So I think they think I'm a little strange, but it really helps connect the dots for me. And so anyway, the song that I heard was 
Do Something by Matthew West. And I just wanted to read a few of the of the lyrics. The first one is, God, why don't you do something? And, and then the second goes, he said, I did. I created you. And that just really stuck with me. Like, like trying to find what is your what is your mission in life? You know, we all have jobs that we're paid to do, but what are things that we want to do that when we're on our deathbed, and I don't mean to sound dramatic, but you know, when we're on our deathbed, what are we going to look back and, and say, I'm really glad I could do that. And I feel like that is that is where you should spend your time and that's where you should advocate. And then he goes on in the song to say, if not us, then who? And I want to be the one who stands up and says, I'm going to do something. And so that's really how I feel about Down syndrome in general. And I just feel like when I, when Bailey was first born, I bawled. I mean, I I told our birth story in the first episode, but it was so, it was hard. I mean, I just, we didn't know she was going to have Down syndrome. I wasn't educated about it, which is really sad considering that there was a, a girl in my class, in my high school class, who was a super amazing person who was in our class, who went to college, who drives. And I helped at a local therapeutic writing academy. So I was around kids, but I just didn't know enough about the whole process to really understand it. So I was sad. I immediately pictured, again, a 25-year-old who couldn't care for themselves. And so I feel like that is the impression other people get when they hear that I have a child with Down syndrome. So my life goal is to change that. I want someone, I want in 10 years, five years, I mean, it'd be great if it was tomorrow, but I realize that's not probably going to happen. When you tell someone you've had a child with Down syndrome, that you have a child or that you're experiencing or that you're expecting, excuse me, a child with Down syndrome, I want their first words to be congratulations as opposed to I'm sorry. And if you've had a child with Down syndrome or you have, or you're pregnant, any one of those people saying I'm sorry happens all the time. And so again, it's just because they don't know. And so being able to advocate, I think, helps that. And there's a lot of different things I feel like you can do, you know, ultimately figuring out what do you want people to know? And how can you help them learn that? Another kind of to shout out another person who I feel like kind of made a profound impact on my life, Andy Hoffman. And so if you're from Nebraska, you know, Andy Hoffman, And sadly, he passed away last week from brain cancer after fighting for brain cancer for his son. It's just an incredibly sad story. But I heard him talk um, at a chamber um, event about two years ago, and he kind of had the same purpose, like find your passion, find what you want to do in this world and go do it. You know, find how you want to make a difference and make connections so that you can make a difference. And he said it so matter of factly, like, just go do it. And I, in my head, there's all of these reasons why I can't, right? Like I'm busy or I have five kids or I don't think I can do that or I'm not sure how to do that. Just do something. And then it tied me back to this song by Matthew West, which is called Do Something. And so that's what I'm challenging you to do. If you're not ready to do something this year for World Down Syndrome Day or whatever cause that you're passionate about, what are some things that you could do by the end of the year, by the end of the month? Essentially, what can you do where you feel like you're using the talents that you were given? So we don't want to leave this world thinking, oh, I wish we would have done that. Go do it now. And so that's where I that's where I'm at with Down Syndrome. I just really want to advocate strongly. And so um, there are about, I feel like, five different realms that you can advocate in. But before I get to that, I just want to share some of the things that we've done over the course of Bailey's life. And again, she'll be 12 in July. But it kind of started with t-shirts. So sounds silly, but we went to our first Down syndrome walk when Bailey was three months old. And those first three months of her life were brutal. Um, it was very, I you were just in the constant state of sadness. You were in a constant state of worry, like, is this going to be okay? I mean, there were just lots of different thoughts running through my head. And so 
But I went to this walk in Lincoln. I met some amazing people. And then I saw kids with Down syndrome that were older, that were happy. Their families were happy. The siblings were happy. And at that point, I was like, you know what? This is going to be okay. <laughs> it's crazy the things that you have to be a part of for things to finally click. And for me, I can credit that first Down syndrome walk. But before that, we decided we wanted to make t-shirts. So we knew we were going to the walk. Um, and so we came up with Bailey's Bunch, the Bailey Bunch. And so we got that from the Brady Bunch. And it's funny because at that point, I only had one child. Now I have five and we're a family of seven. So the Brady Bunch seems a little bit more realistic um, than it did then. But we we sold Bailey Bunch shirts. And that first year, I think we sold around 30. Um, and we just, I just used social media. I put it out on Facebook and I shared with family and friends, hey, I'm selling t-shirts. And then the, whatever I made from it, I sold them for $15 whatever I made from it would go to the Down syndrome group. And so the Down syndrome group I was a part of was responsible for doing different advocacy activities. Um, They did events for all age groups. They had, you know, moms could get together, dads could get together. So it went to a good cause. And so I sold about 30. Fast forward to last year, um, and we worked with a local company in Hastings, Nebraska, actually, small town famous, um, and they helped us design shirts. So we went from 30 in her first year. We sold over 500 shirts last year, like just complete craziness. Like you just, your mind just, it's hard to even like wrap my head around how incredibly amazing and supportive people are, but it was awesome. And all of that money um, went to the Down syndrome group in Lincoln again. And so I really firmly believe in their mission um, and what they're trying to accomplish. And so being able to share that with other people, I think it it didn't really feel like I was selling shirts. It felt like I was, it was spreading awareness. And so a great way to advocate. And the funny story is I was actually <laughs> getting groceries um, one day and I was wearing my Bailey Bunch shirt. I I just call it my Bailey Bunch shirt. Anyway, this young gal came over to me and she's like, oh my gosh, I have one too. Do you know her? <laughs> and I was like, I do actually. She's my daughter. She goes, oh my gosh, I had no idea. So it's just funny how far it spreads. And I've actually shared Bailey's picture so many times on social media that people will recognize her and then say hi to me. So it's just kind of a fun thing. You know, I'm just, I joke, I'm not convinced she'll ever get lost because she ever, but she's very recognizable. <laughs> okay. So we've done t-shirts, we've gone to walks. And again, there's different different ways that you can raise money for walks, or you can just go and document your experience. Um, We just recently got a license plate. So in Nebraska, they have Down syndrome license plates. And so we have one of those and it's bright. It's yellow, mostly yellow, but then some blues and then it has the number. And so people see that and it's a decision point. And it's funny when you're driving slow, you can really see people like look down and it has Down syndrome awareness. And it's a nice way for parents to connect too. There's been times in the parking lot where I'll get out and someone says, oh, my nephew has Down syndrome. Oh, my neighbor. And so it just kind of brings this unity that doesn't, wouldn't exist otherwise. And so I really enjoy that. Um, in addition to World Down Syndrome Day being in March, um, October is World or is Down Syndrome Awareness Month. And so usually I take the month of October and I share different facts about Down Syndrome because I feel like there's a lot of myths. And so I try to make things very factual. We also have yard signs. And so again, it's just starting that conversation and, and raising awareness. I also blog. And so I think I mentioned that too in an earlier podcast, but I do that on my page. So I have my personal page. I have Grand Party of Seven, which is a a Facebook blogging page. And I've also had a few pieces published for Her View from Home. And there's a ton of great writers um, that have 
children with Down syndrome that write for her be from home, but just sharing your experience. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I am not the world's greatest writer by any point. It's not necessarily the, it's the story you tell, not necessarily how you write it, if that makes sense. People want to be supportive. They want to be able to, to know your story and hear your story. So just get it out there if you feel comfortable, of course. Um, Another thing that we've done in the past is volunteering um, for groups. And so we've been, I've been a board member um, for Down Syndrome Advocates in Action in Lincoln. I had to step down. It was just getting a little bit crazy (laughs) in my personal life, but there's still ways that you can volunteer and still going to the events and being an engaged um, member of groups. And so whether you're a board member, whether you're a volunteer or whether you're just an active participant, I would definitely reach out to those groups because that worked for us. And then last but not least, the the last thing that we've done is Bailey boxes. And so we've had a lot of people purchase those recently, which is amazing. Um, But Bailey wrote about her dream job in language arts, and she wanted to be a toy expert. She wanted to sell candy, and she wanted to sell ice cream. And so she brought it home, and I just was thinking, how can we make this happen? Because now that she's 11, soon to be 12, I'm a worrier. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what is she going to do when she gets out of high school? And so I was like, I told my husband, why don't we create a box for her that we can then ship? And so that's what we did. She puts all of her favorite things in this box. It sells for $25 and then we ship it. And we've actually, um, we just launched our second box we call it the Easter box. And we're going to, hopefully <laughs> we're nine away from selling out. And then we've sold 400, which is crazy to think about. Um, her first box was right before Christmas and we sold 250 and now we sold 400. And so we're doing four boxes a year. But again, it's sharing her story, sharing her dreams, and letting people be a part of that. Like people really want to be a part of it. So just give them the opportunity to do that. Okay, so that wraps up my nine points. Just to quickly go through those again. Number one, wearing mismatched socks. Number two, random acts of kindness. Number three, taking blue and yellow treats to your child's class. Number four, reading a book to your elementary school class or preschool class. Number five, donating that book then to the classroom that you were in. Number six, having siblings give a presentation. Number seven, participate in a local event or host an event. Number eight, share your story on social media. And number nine, think about how you can advocate. Now, I know there's many other ideas that are also out there, so definitely there's more than nine. And if none of those sound great and you're not interested in doing anything, that's also fine too. So one of the best pieces of advice I got from a psychologist um, actually a school psychologist when I was who helps Bailey was you do you. (laughs) And it seems so straightforward, but it's the truth. You do you whatever feels right for you is what you should do. And if you're not ready to do something this year, then don't you can wait till next year. If you're not ready to go into the classroom to read a book, don't. So it doesn't make you a better parent if you do all of them or none of them or some of them. So just do what feels right to you and your family. In closing, I would love to hear how you celebrated World Down Syndrome Day. So if you feel so inclined, um, you can send me an email at grampartyof7 at gmail.com. You can also find my email address on my website, which is grampartyof7.com. And just sharing tips or tricks or if there's a great book that you like that I could share in future podcasts, I would absolutely love that. It's always good to hear from you guys. And as we look ahead to future podcasts, I really want to give you guys options and feedback and information on ways that you can make a difference. And so when we talk about advocacy, I really feel like there's five realms. And so, you know, one would be friends, two would be work, three would be school, four would be community, and five would be politics. And I really want to focus on the school aspect of ways that you, you know, if your child is in school, ways that you can help them be successful. I feel like we've had a really good 
um, run so far, Bailey's a fifth grader, things have just worked well. And so I just kind of want to give tips on the IEP process, giving you the courage to speak up um, in IEPs, because I realize that can be very overwhelming, knowing your rights, knowing things that you can ask for and things that you don't really have any control over. So again, just kind of spreading that advocacy and awareness um, part in the school. But for now, that's all I have. And I just really want to thank you for listening and hanging with me till the end. Have a great week.